Welcome to Marta the Minimalist, a podcast for entrepreneurs like you, looking to minimalize your life, business, and mindset with your host, CEO, speaker, and best-selling author, Marta Saray Greca. We are live recording the newest episode of Marta the Minimalist exclusively for you, the dear members of the Minimalist Method for Prosperous Female Entrepreneurs. We give it to you here first because this is where you get the first dibs of the best business strategies ever so you can grow your revenue while minimalizing your time, your efforts, and your energy. And who better to talk about that? We're going to talk about time today with uh, Dana Corey, who is one of my dear clients. I consider her a friend, and I'm just blown away by the topics that she speaks on that we've, we've had the pleasure of seeing behind the scenes. And she's going to tell you today how you can go from feeling behind all the time, thinking if you just stay up, if you just crack that laptop open after dinner for a couple, two, three, four more hours, you're going to get it done to actually being able to enjoy and be present and allow your business to grow. But before I babble on, Dana, tell the people, why should they give a shit about what you have to say? <laughs> well, because for most of us, when we, as we grow our businesses, we get to this point where our businesses, we give everything to the business. We just keep giving more and more and more with the hopes that eventually we're going to get to that place where we're going to have that freedom that it seems so elusive, except that it doesn't. Uh, it, it, it never, it never co comes closer. Uh, and we have this idea, we have this idea that if we just work harder, it'll just be right around the corner. But in fact, it's completely the opposite that, than what we think, which makes no sense. It's going to sound really out of left field, but the truth is that the, that working less will make your business grow more. Working less will actually make you more money than staying up till all hours or working 60 hours a week, um, even working 40 hours a week, honestly, uh, because it, and it just has, it has to do with the way your brain works. It has to do with um, all the, the parts of how your business works and that you're not seeing because your brain is so focused on doing what's in front of it or putting out fires. So truthfully, if you want to actually ever reach that space where your business is feeding you or supporting you to have the life that you want, instead of you giving it all of yourself, just in the name of keeping it going, then the stuff that I talk about and teach people is really the basis, the foundation of that. Awesome. Can you give us some like exclusive behind the scenes tips? Because I'm sure that many people, and if you're listening to this, tell us if this is you, you're listening and you're going, okay, well, easy for you to say, you don't know my to-do list. You don't know all the stuff that I have got going on and this is happening and this is happening. And if I don't do it, I'm going to lose that client. I'm going to lose that team member, or I'm going to lose revenue. Do you have some practical either mindset or strategy or operations tips and tricks that you can give everybody watching? Yeah. So the first thing is to remember that this idea that we have that we not only uh, can't, can do it all, but we are supposed to do it all or that we're able to do it all 
is a is a lie uh, that we bought into. So there's this thing where our brain there there's a difference between just doing, 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 and then a, uh, being able to see how you're thinking while you're doing. And one of the traps that we fall into is, is believing in this idea that the putting your nose to the grindstone actually leads to, you know, the pot at the end of the rainbow. That was a lot of mixed metaphors. So on a real life basis to remember, well, just like multitasking isn't real, right? Like we all bought into this idea that we could multitask and now they've proven over and over again that your brain actually cannot multitask. It's, it doesn't work that mm -hmm. way. And what's happening instead is that there are switching points in between. So here's a really good tip. The, the, the least amount of, of, um, tasks that you switch between the more time you will save so if i'm sure most of you have heard of the idea of time blocking time mm. blocking works simply because you're laying out 90 minute to three hour segments of your day where you're focused on one topic or one um i call them categories of work right so like maybe social media posting or marketing or delivering to your client or sales or uh, money dates, right? Where you're just focused on that one thing for a particular amount of time. The reason why this works is because there's no, your brain doesn't have to switch back and forth. So you're actually saving that brain computing time that to you is invisible at, in your conscious mind, but is sucking energy in your unconscious mind. So that's the first thing. Second thing is all of those projects that keep you up at night that you have keep thinking, oh, I have to get to that, right? Like, do you remember when you first started in business and you were like, I have to have a website? Mm. And, you know, the truth is now that you're along, you could see that that really isn't the most important thing about starting a business. The most important thing about starting a business is having a client, mm -hmm. right? And then you go from there. There are those same fallacies that we have at uh, farther along stages in business that we have to do this or we have to do that. And yet we don't get to them simply because we're doing the day-to-day -day of the business. So I always tell my clients, prioritize that someday list, that list of, of, of projects that you want to get to and pick, then pick the top one, just label it the first one. This is the one I'm really committed to doing. And then you look, you, you look at your schedule for the weeks going out for the first quarter. And I actually think it makes a lot more sense to do this in two week increments. You pick a time in your week, 90 minutes, that's it. You, 90 minute time, it's called, it's project time. I call it deep work time. And during this 90 minute segment of your week, every single week, all other distractions get turned off. Nobody gets to interrupt you unless there's blood, like seriously, nothing. You put, can put a sign on your door, put your phone in another room so that you aren't mm -hmm. tempted to actually look at it. Get yourself a kitchen timer and put it on 90 minutes and work, start with the first step. So the first, first 
segment of deep work time for any project is laying out all of the things that you need to do to get from where you're at to when the project is done, like as a brain dump. And then once it's all on a piece of paper, you rearrange it so you know what the prerequisites are, like what order it has to go in. So that then you just start with number one and you just do that. When the timer goes off, you finish your sentence or, you know, whatever, you know, where, whatever you're doing at the time, you finish that little piece, close down the project and go on with the rest of your week and just leave it alone. There's a couple things that happen. Your brain that has been uh, holding on to this, oh my God, I got to get to it. I got to get to it. I got to get to it. Actually completely stops yelling at you because you're in process. It doesn't matter how fast or how slow you're working on it. The fact that you're working on it at all quiets your brain. And you're actually working on it. So that's, that is internally, that makes you feel like you're accomplishing something, right? Like that, that you are doing movement. You're working on your business at the same time as you're working in your business. And then the third piece is that we don't actually know, notice how much energy is taken up by the things in our brain that we are constantly bombarded with. We think it's just this conversation that's happening or the reminders that are happening, but it, it's sucking, that, that system is sucking energy from all the other parts of your, your life that you don't even know that it's there. And when that one thing quiets down, it's all of a sudden there's space, like you feel like you can breathe. I know that sounds really weird, but it's the same kind of thing as having that bag of clothes that you want to get donate to the Goodwill sitting in your hallway for the next time you go. And it's just sitting there and you pass it every single day and you're like, oh, I'll do that tomorrow. Oh, shoot. I'll do it next week. And it could be months. Right. I, I know I'm not the only one that do, does this. Right. And then you take it and you take it to Goodwill and all of a sudden there's like freedom. It seems like it's on this scale, but it really does make a difference because all of that energy that was spent passing that bag of clothes is is now free to focus on something else. I obviously love that analogy as a minimalist. I love that. Um, and then it's that psychological sense of accomplishment, right? Like when you get done with that 90 minutes, even though it's not the whole project, you're like, I did it. I sat there for myself for that 90 minutes. Um, and you guys keep listening because at the end, Dana is going to give you something else to give you another tool of self-assessment for you to get out of that, you know, 24 seven work week and uh, start to have more peace and ease and naturally attract your success. So the question, next question that I have for you is, was there a come to Jesus moment for you that, you know, proverbial line in the sand that you got so burnt out? I mean, I've got some pretty embarrassing stories myself uh, that brought you to like this, this can't be the way. And then once you figured it out, you had to teach other people. Yeah. So um, this was a few years ago, uh, back when my kids were still little. So I have three adult kids. And so they don't live here anymore, but I was, had a business, was working a business, not this particular one, but working a business back when they were little and I homeschooled too. And, um, but I would, let's just call it benign neglect more than homeschooling or unschooling, which is really what we were doing by that time. And I didn't know that I do that unschooling. 
Yeah, unschooling is the best way. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. great until I my brain just really wasn't there. Um, yeah, I have those days. <laughs> <laughs> and so I would work and I'd work and you know they would do their things and I would feel irritated because I would have to go do whatever. And then dinner would come and then I would still be working. And one day mm-hmm. my husband came home from his job and I, and it was seven o'clock and the ki- the kids had not been fed properly. Um, and I was still working and he walked in and he said, finish that sentence. And he closed my computer and he said, okay, look, here's how it is. Whatever it, at five o'clock, you've got to close your computer. Like it's, it's done. And I was so mad at first, like how dare he blah, 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 blah. But I will tell you that, that, that having that boundary after I got over being mad, right. Mm -hmm. And started actually seeing for myself that it was a boundary that I, I had to create that was affecting everybody around everybody else but it was also affecting me like I just my relationships were with my kids were being uh was suffering my relationship with my husband was suffering my relationship with with really myself was totally suffering that once I started acknowledging that the the boundary had to be there and I started to own it it changed everything it actually changed how I looked at my business um I stopped helicopter parenting my business mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it started to blossom in ways that I never would have thought that it could, right? Like all of a sudden I was making sales and all of a sudden people were calling me instead of me constantly trying to push it on them. But most importantly, I mean, all that was great. Like I definitely made more money, but what I discovered, which was much more important for me is that all of a sudden I got to have my life back mm-hmm. with my kids. And, you know, now they're grown that whole, that whole thing about how as a parent, every day is interminable, but years go so fast is really true at this, on um, the side of it. Like I'll never have those years, those days again, that, you know, they have their own lives. They, they do whatever I have to fight with them to just have family dinner. Um, don't tell me that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Not my kids. <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah. I <laughs> and I think that that the thing that people don't really really get is that at, at the heart of everything, at the heart of how you spend your time working, at the heart of what you spend your time actually working on. All of that is a boundary conversation. Pretty much most personal growth that, you know, I've been doing this for a really long time. I think we're into year nine now and I've been coaching, but I've been coaching for over 30 years in one way or another. And I can't remember a single time when, when a shift in how my clients relate to their businesses didn't have a a boundary conversation in there. Like mm-hmm. boundaries, there are layers and layers and layers of, of what boundaries are. It's not just about saying no, but that's the first piece, right? When you're talking about time, it's like, what do you say yes to? What do you say no to? But then there's your like boundaries with yourself, 
boundaries about feelings, boundary. There's just boundaries go on and on. And the more mastery you have around drawing boundaries and maintaining them, yeah, the better life gets. And I would say being consistent with it because uh, maybe some listeners are like, well, I've tried to set the boundaries. People don't listen to me. So it's just easier if I don't, you know, but you have to remember, especially when you're setting a new boundary, it's something that you're going to have to express a couple of times and don't get frustrated or angry or judgmental. If the person doesn't quite hear you the first time or doesn't quite understand the second time, eventually they're going to get it. If you stick to your boundary, um, you know, if maybe you, for me, let's say it's this new house, right? It was a, it's a brand new workspace for mom. And so they weren't used to the fact that they can't come downstairs during a certain time of the day. So it took one, twice, three times. The one time I think my son even came down was playing basketball while I was recording something. And I'm like, what are you thinking? <laughs> but at the same time, there is such a vast space here. That is what they do from and until this whole room is enclosed. So it took, you know, one, two, three, and finally now they, they get it right. Um, unless like you said, there's blood or there's a flood then that's what happens during these certain business hours. If you hear me talk down here, it's, you know, don't come down. So, um, or for, let's say, could you give another example? Like uh, maybe there's a certain person that's, or a client that's texting you past business hours. And you've said, you know, I really, my business hours are this to this. And they text you they, again. And they say, I know you said not to, but I'm sorry, but it's just really this time. Well, if you answer that text and that second time, right, then you're just enabling that boundary. You can't really be angry at the other person for not hearing you. Do you have anything to say? hundred percent. It's really funny that you use that as an example, because here's how, how I, I've done that piece. And then I realized that the thing that was really annoying about being texted at 9 PM was about me being annoyed, didn't impact them. And as a business owner, I have, I have woken up at three o'clock in the morning in my business life and panicking about money or panicking about this or that and not being able to sleep. So I actually often, I do this a lot. I actually look to see what it is that I want, why I'm, I'm creating the boundary. Yes. And then I look to see how, is there a way I could have that boundary without actually impacting like the least amount of impact to somebody else. So one of the things about my clients is that they have complete access to me. So when people hear that, they're like, what? But yes, they have my phone number. They can text me at any time, but here's the deal. I turn my phone on to not do not disturb from 8 PM to 8 AM. Because I know that if I wake up in the, if they wake up in the middle of the night and they're panicking, they're going to respond. The, yeah, the, well, the thing that is going to let them sleep is to get it out of their head. Mm -hmm. So I tell them they can vomit into my phone. So just text me, vomit it into my phone. You know that you're not going to wake me up because my phone is on the not, do not disturb. You can go to sleep and I will read it over coffee tomorrow morning and I will respond when I'm awake. And so it serves everybody. I get what I want, which is peace and able to like have evenings with my husband and doing the things I want to do. You get to have a depository to put your panic in, which actually is really helpful for your brain. And we all, it all works for everybody. 
So in that particular case, like I drew a boundary, but it impacts me. It doesn't impact anybody else. Yeah. Do you have people that you try to teach these boundaries to, but they like being the person. And if you're watching, if you're listening and this is you, are you the type of person you like to be the person who's the helper, who people can count on, who's the first name that comes to mind when something comes up and you like to solve other people's problems and to say, for people to say about you that you're dependable and 10 years, even after they're your client, they're, they're messaging you. I, I, um, I love that about my clients when I, encounter it but it can create some issues for them can you did you do you have yeah, what would totally. you say? i'm just thinking about one of my most recent clients who she runs a seven-figure business that does business internationally as well as with the u.s government right like like she's a big freaking deal mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's a complete people pleaser mm-hmm. like she wants to make everything okay for everybody which includes not just at work and her staff and her clients, but also her family. And she does not, um, or she had not uh, take it, respected her own boundaries, let alone anybody else's uh, respecting her boundaries. So we've worked together now for nine months. And I will say this, for some people it takes consistently seeing the the cost so first you have to become aware that you're doing it and then you have to become aware that you're the one who's not respecting the your own bound the boundaries that will change things like it's up to you not up to them because oftentimes it looks like other people aren't respecting you or respecting your time but i'm going to tell you that we all teach people how to treat us all Mm -hmm. of us Mm-hmm. And so then the next level is, oh, that's, that's me. Okay. So then the next level after that is, well, how do I create a boundary without making them hate me? Right. Because like, or without making them think terrible things about me, it takes time, but it also takes, I mean, I don't know how else to say this. It takes having somebody else be there to show you that you're doing it again. Because our patterns are invisible to us. And then there actually comes a time when you start to see what you get out of letting people stomp all over what should be boundaries, like why you've set it up that way. We all get, we all have patterns in our life that we complain about because there's a huge cost, but we never look at what we actually get out of having it be that way. And the truth is we always get something out of things that we keep in place. So at the, at the lowest level, we, we get the right to complain. We get to keep the right to complain. Complaining is a, is a perk, right? Because then we can blame others. We don't have to be responsible for it ourselves. We can be judgment. All those things, which make us feel like this high when we actually look at it, are the things that keep in place the boundaries that people keep going over. So once you've seen that, then you can start to make decisions about being willing to not have that juice or to get that, that feeling of, oh yeah, like they're paying attention to me or look, I get to be the martyr here, right? Like, like they get to be grateful that I'm helping them, all that stuff. We get to see, oh yeah. So that's what I get in return. I don't need to have that anymore. I can give that piece up. And 
then it just takes practice. It takes, just like anything else, it just takes practice. But here's the most amazing thing. So when my client went through this whole process and the first real boundary she laid down was her, her mother and her grandmother both died during the beginning of COVID and they couldn't go to the funeral, right? Like, like you couldn't do any of that. And so they were planning the memorial this summer and her family wasn't doing the work that they should have been doing in order to make the memorial happen. Like they wanted certain things to happen, but they kept putting it on her and she has a really big business to run. And she finally created this boundary that said, look, I'm not doing, here's what needs to be done. As far as I can tell is what you're saying. I'm not doing it. So you do it. And they, they actually stepped up and did it because she just stopped doing it. And when she saw the amount of stress relief that she got from not being willing to just do what she normally would have done, which is take care of the whole thing for them on top of everything else she had to do. She was like, it was a revelation. Like just that little piece was a, to was a total revelation. She was like, oh, like this. Can do that? <laughs> exactly, right, like, oh. And we've taken that and we've used that as the basis for putting in boundaries at work with her staff, with her clients in ways that, you know, learning how to uh, enforce boundaries without, I, I don't, I don't know whether you swear on your podcast. Yeah, you, I said shit, remember? <laughs> without, without making like making people just want to say fuck you yeah. right like how yeah. do you do that without being an asshole right and that's not the are, point exactly so then you just have to keep looking and keep reminding yourself don't be an asshole how do i do this mm -hmm. without being an asshole right what can i because whatever boundary you put down is going to affect somebody and people hate change mm -hmm. if you've trained people to be a certain way with you it's a change they're surprised because that's not how it's been so you're going to have to expect that people are going to be discomfited. So if you are just really straightforward and clear and, and, and acknowledge the fact that it's a change, yes, you know, you're right. It is, I am changing things, but in order, but I, this is going to work better. And the truth is, is it ends up working better for both parties almost all the time um, because people know that they're going beyond where they should and it, it actually it puts integrity back into relationships that was really long-winded i'm sorry well never be sorry i was good it was really all really good info i have a couple of things that are coming to mind that are resonating um i recently was having a conversation with someone very close to me and the people close to me they know that i'm blunt and i'm gonna say whatever and i you know i'm certainly not trying to hurt their feelings or whatever but they just kind of you know laugh it off and he's telling me about all these things are going on and um and then um you know how there's just so much and asking some business advice because this is someone very close to me obviously can't you know you don't bring people that are very close into you as as clients and um, and I completely feel everything he's saying. And, and so at the end, at the, at the end of, you know, what he's saying, and I'm like, all right, well, stop doing three day projects for $700. And, uh, he's like, you know, he got defensive because he's such a care and I give her, he's like, but that's my friend. I was helping them out. And, 
uh, it's, I, I had to, you know, remind him, yes, but the discounts that you give to others are actually coming at a price that's coming out of your families and your mental health and your energy's pockets. So it's not, and it's, and also your bank accounts, because, um, it's time that you could be spending serving clients at, you know, at full, at full prices and things like that. So, uh, and it did, you know, obviously I know he's a receptive person and he's able to, to get that feedback. Um, and then there's certain situations happening right now. I shared with you, Dana, there's just like some extraneous situations happening in our extended family. Um, and it, obviously there's some drama that comes up with that. And, uh, while you're trying to set boundaries and standards and not piss people off, some people's reactions are not going to be what you want. No matter how kindly and lovingly and gently you're trying to assess your boundaries <coughs> and standards, it's okay for others to not accept them and for that to be the norm. And you might feel like the conversation isn't one until you get them to see your point of view of why you need these boundaries, why you need these standards and them support it and agree with it. Some people are not going to support those boundaries and standards and what you need at that moment. And it's, it's okay. As long as you're delivering them with love and you're not trying to make their lives more difficult with what you're putting forth. I always uh, say bless and release in those cases, right? Like there's mm. when, when, when people are not willing to shift, like they, they just don't want to behave inside what you've decided for yourself because really you're deciding for yourself and then and then they're how they react to you with you you're not going to let them get past that that boundary that you've set and they can either be okay about it or not as you said and for those people who are not mostly most of the time the people who are not are people if you look further into your life are people who who are really good at taking but not as good at giving they're really good at taking your energy and demanding things of you, but not quite as good as giving of themselves to you because respecting people's boundaries is a giving action. And so when that happens, I always say, okay, so all you can do, especially if they're family, because you can't really just like clients or friend, right? They're, they're with you forever is bless and release. And then the, the onus is on you to take um, control over how you how much of yourself you're going to give to them ongoingly. What I talk a lot about this when I talk about something I call people math, which is you know as you grow, as you develop personally, as you who you hang out with changes. It just does. Like there's always a seasonality to friendships. There's a seasonality to uh, mm -hmm. client work, right? But that seasonality doesn't always transfer to families, although the relationships shift over time. As you, as you move into different versions of yourself, your company gets bigger, you are thinking about, about bigger um, or different issues than you were, right? What's important, your priorities change. The people who were taking so much, oftentimes their expectations of you and their demands on you act like a nail, keeping, keeping you from blossoming simply because you feel guilty for leaving them behind. Mm -hmm. But once you create that boundary, 
You also have power over how much time you spend, even if they're your family. You have power over time you spend with them. So I have a friend who's like family. I've known her since I was like 15 years old. And, you know, I'm 60. So that's a long time. <laughs> and there was a period of that time is like about, family. Uh-huh, about five years ago. Like when, when I first moved to Portland, she had, she had lived here for a while and she got married out here and stuff. And then I moved here and we would make dinner together on Sundays and we would, we spent a lot of time together until it became clear that it was, everything was all about her, right? She was sucking it all, but I couldn't say, okay, I never want to see you again or totally break off our relationship because she's like family. Like I know her her parent. she knows right? It's all mixed up that way. So instead I would, she would call and sit and I wouldn't answer the phone. And then I would call her back when I knew I only had 10 minutes. Ah, like I would, I just, you know, I was thinking about you and I just have a, you know, a few minutes right. before I have to be somewhere else. So I thought I would reach out and you can right. start to control how much energy you're actually willing to give to the people who want to suck all that energy. And, you know, I have friends who have actually done no contact over with family because of, of trauma, because of, of the demands on them. And like, that's the farthest all the way on that side of the spectrum. You don't have to go that far, but you can, of course. I mean, if that's what it needs to happen. Um, but you do get to be in control of your relationship with every single person in your life. Yeah. So now, Dana, after all of this window wisdom that you've shared with all of the viewers and listeners, we promise them that you have something juicy that they can use as a tool to do an assessment if this is them. And if it would be a good fit to get more information from you, where can they go to find you? If you go to my website, which is danacorey.com, and I'm going to spell that for you because a lot of people get it wrong. So it's D-A-N-A-C-O-R-E-Y. Dot com. If you're on there for any like 10 seconds, this pop-up will come and it's a quiz. And the quiz is about where you're at as a business owner, what, what, what place you're at about your systems, about your revenue, about your team, about what really you need next to get to the next phase in business growth, because there are definitely phases, right? And then you'll get a, after you take the quiz, you'll get a response that says, so this is where the phase is that it looks like you're in. These are some things that you should do, you could do to get, you know, make it easier to get to the next phase. And, it, and at this time in your business, you either, you know, you could, you could get some support or you don't need support or, and here's how to reach me if you want to know more about the work I do. Awesome. And uh, we will have the link to that in the comments uh, or in the description or in the show notes. You'll be able to click on that easily to get to that within that 10 seconds. Thank you, Dana, for being here with me. And then of course, if you guys are watching on a platform where you can leave comments, you can absolutely ask Dana questions. She will be tagged on all the platforms. She'll be notified and she'll respond uh, not between 8 p.m. and 8 a.m. though. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everyone. Thanks for being Bye. here. Bye.